Ultra. Back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today we're about to go off on minute 54, which begins with the dangers of a midnight gobble and ends with Andy Wainwright asking Angel if he reckons this was foul play. And we have a guest once again, Ali Coluccio. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. Uh, we get another just just real greatest hits of the of the Sanford Police Department. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um so yeah, I again it it really just plays out exactly the same as the decaffeinated scene. Um <laughs> you know, like it, it's very yeah. similar. It is It's just more sped up. It's almost like more. Right. It's, like it's even worse. Right, right. Cuz it's it's the same joke. It's like it's like you know, it's her saying, "Oh, I've had my top off plenty of times." you know over tits. here and he she says tits and then here she's like oh i don't know i like a little midnight gobble and then he says cock and it's just it's <laughs> a little more tired right right it's so funny because i definitely didn't notice it until like the fourth time i had seen this movie because <laughs> it's so under his breath and quiet yes it's yeah. very under delivered it's great it's so it, it, yeah well and i think too i think when you see it the first few times you're laughing at doris that yeah. you don't hear him, you know? So you have to get used to Doris's innuendos before you start hearing his responses to them, which are arguably the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> I will say uh, I'd rather like a little Midnight Gobble slightly better than uh, I've had my top off or I've got my top off. What was yeah, it? yeah. well, it was... It was uh, I've had my top off in that turnaround, like the the, mm-hmm. the, where, yes. the where the car was. So she was saying that, like, oh, I've parked there and and been with someone sure. in a car. <laughs> I've been around the station a few times, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was this is more general. This isn't as specific as the other one. Uh, but uh, this is more just <laughs> a general preference that she has, I guess. Yeah, she rather likes a midnight gobble. <laughs> yeah, um, she does. So I this this is my first episode with um Dorothy Do- Doris Thatcher see Doris. Doris Thatcher um and she reminds me of uh Todd from Scrubs huh yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah like I feel like that is who she is of the team that's very oh, true wow yeah. I'm just expecting her to be like high five <laughs> midnight gobble. <laughs> I mean, she does the she does the British equivalent of that, which is that she just laughs at people after she says the joke. She kind of throws the laugh. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. like <laughs> like looking at people like right laugh with me. Um, it is endo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I love I love Doris Thatcher. I just I don't know the the way she uses humor is very relatable to me because it it just it's the way people use humor in an office setting. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like sort of meant to ease tension. Right. 
establish familiarity. Right, right. Uh, right, sex, the thing that, that connects us all. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 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 yeah, it does. Uh, so, <laughs> Tony... Tony Fisher, man, I oh, just, it's- it is the thing that we are finding in this, in this going through it minute by minute. The one character that I've never paid any mind to watching this movie was Tony Fisher. <laughs> and now going through this movie one minute at a time, Tony Fisher is the MVP of this movie. Like every time he shows up, he is such a horrible police officer. It is incredible. He literally says, uh, whispers to to Nicholas Angel, help me. Yeah, it's kind of like I said earlier, it's almost like this is just the decaffeinated scene, but everyone's even shittier at their jobs. Yes. And it's like, no pretense, help me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Tell me what to do. Please. Please help me. What did it uh, say? Like signs of a bad policeman, or like what, what was that sign that he was standing in front of? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, yeah, signs of a bad policeman, and it was a bad policeman in the middle, yeah, which where his head was, and then all of the all of the the circles leading to the, the, the to the thing in the middle were all pointing at his head. <laughs> yeah, there was all things that he was, and we were at the time we were like, this seems a little mean and out of out of nowhere. But it's because we never paid attention to just how awful he is at his job. He's awful in a very <laughs> subtle, believable way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just the incompetence that's been allowed to slide. But they're yes. all bad at their yeah. job because they want them to be. They yes. want police officers who are bad at their job because they want to be getting away with all these murders that they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh what a great tracking shot this is. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It's just it's, it's almost almost Wes Anderson-y of like you can almost mm-hmm. see the panorama of everyone yes. in their place. Yeah, it's like a combination of of Wes Anderson and uh, Alfonso Cuarón. Mm-hmm. And like like his Roma cinematography reminds me of this shot a lot. Yeah. Of just sort of like going back and forth in a circle on a swivel. You also, know? Uh, Spielberg, early, especially early Spielberg, I feel like does a lot of really great like tracking shots or like Jaws. I don't know. I think of Jaws of a lot of like one shot or the camera moving around like. Well, it has that really famous uh, ferry boat shot. Yes, where the whole yeah. where the where the ferry boat is moving and the camera is not, mm-hmm. but it you don't notice that it's a boring just still shot because you're on the ferry. Oh, Jaws. Yeah, Jaws. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um. Yeah, no, I love, I love this. I love how incompetent this police force is, and you know, just like Danny, they're they're all going to become better police officers by the end of this. You know, yeah. Uh, Ni- Nicholas is going to uh, make them change. It's just like Back to the Future, where Marty doesn't really change; he changes everyone around him. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like that's his arc is that he changes everyone else, and that's kind of Nicholas Angel does change, but he also changes everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could argue that he he learns it's, to loosen up, and he right. he learns. It's kind of like the the middle ground kind of thing. So he doesn't right. his character doesn't move very far, but it looks like yeah. it happens more because everyone else kind of like rises up. Right. To being like he lo- good at the He job. loosens up a little, but everyone else buttons up a lot. Yeah. 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 He learns balance. So there's always there's this quote I always love. I can't remember what Q&A it was or what commentary, but like the kind of meta uh, moral of Hot Fuzz is that you can be high-minded, have, like highbrow, cerebral, and enjoy fun, explosion, trigger, mm-hmm. pop-off, a- action movie stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of what Angel learns. Yeah. 
but you're yeah yeah he's kind of like does does marty grow at all in back to the future i guess he appreciates life more because he takes no oblivion. he doesn't really grow because they they deleted the 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 storyline where he grew which was that he was afraid to send off his audition or send off the tape to yeah. the radio station or to the record producer you're good, or whatever Marty, you're real good yeah and then and then at the end he does it mm-hmm. because he believes in himself after the after the prom in the 50s yeah. and then yeah and now we're back to back to the future I minute rock and roll <laughs> we're back um we're back everybody uh but uh uh yeah so so like they deleted the the arc the end yeah. of the arc for him instead they kind of made the end of the arc him playing what a ballsy which move. was which was just like scene from the movie that makes your protagonist change at the yeah end. to give the, <laughs> the emotional arc instead he wants to play at the prom and then he does <laughs> like that's what they changed it to oh, that's the 80s in a nutshell man yeah that's his arc it's like he really want to play at a prom and then he does <laughs> but just him, not his band. Just him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he could do it, it all wasn't on even his a, own. <laughs> yeah, he didn't need them. Oh, the pinheads. Yeah, the pinheads. Yeah. Uh, he just. You, I. I just watched Nick physically pull that from the recesses of his brain <laughs> in 2015 when we did that show. Can you believe that we did that in 2015? That was four Is years that ago. Really Don't. that long ago? Yeah, it was like half a dozen Star Warses ago. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Force Awakens hadn't even come out yet. Nope. Yeah. Wow. That was a long time ago. We were like, is Domo Gleason playing Luke's son? We don't know. Yeah. Because we did the first one as the the anniversary was hitting. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that makes that sense. In 2015. Yeah. That is, that is, that is horrifying. It's that like, that much time has passed. It's like not, it's like so much time and then also no time. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, anyway, speaking of the other movies, movies we should be talking about. <laughs> Not the one we talked about for 340 episodes. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't. I fluctuate with the the Sanford Police Department because I guess it's difficult for me to believe that they're this oblivious mm-hmm. and this thick. But the other option is believing that they're looking the other way and that they don't care that these horrible murders keep happening. Yeah. And I don't like I, thinking about no, that. No. Yeah. And I, I think it's they they really do buy into that oh but we're in a small town and nothing ever happens here so like right no one's getting murdered like this has to be a freak accident because no one murders someone in our town that would mean something yeah. is terrible about our town i think right. it's more of like that kind of thing and, just, and i really just do innocence to them that and i think that's i do think it's oh, like yeah. actual like de- gallows humor defense mechanism like Doris you know, is just like this is a weird thing. I'm just gonna make a joke about boobs. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I find myself believing that I don't know because like I, I relate to a I, I, humans do have a hunger for innocence mm-hmm. yeah. or like a a will a sometimes stubbornness of wanting things to stay and feel the mm-hmm. same way. Yeah, yeah, and and the idea of like oh, it's like it's like when you find out that like uh, a famous person that you really admired was a horrible person and everyone's like no that's impossible and it's because you want them to stay the same you want just the yeah. comfort of turning on watching the thing or listening to the song right when yeah. things were innocent and better right I, it's also the crux of like a lot of urban fantasy books or stories like a mm. lot of what works about harry potter is like magic doesn't exist in our world. It can exist in our world. So I didn't see that weird thing just happen. Like I, I didn't see right. an archway to a, a secret alley open up right now because like that can't happen. I have to be like seeing things. 
it's, it's, it's sort of the uh, it's the other hand of of that Sherlock Holmes quote of like mm-hmm. when you take away what's impossible, whatever remains, however unlikely. Right. Yeah, it's it is. Like, it's like it's it's just you want things to be normal, and your brain will right. try to adjust it that way. Right. And I think it's I think it's that kind of thing. Yeah, th- this man like just drunkenly passed out while making beans and bacon and exploded. Yeah. That makes yeah. more sense than foul play. Right. Right. In this town. In this town. Yeah. In this town. This isn't the big city London. Right. Speaking of foul play though, uh I, another thing that I love about that that shot, that panning shot, is that behind the Sanford yes. Police Department is the entire NWA all standing in the background. Which is a very horror movie flex. Yes. Really? Scene. Yeah, they're all just standing back there watching the scene of the crime. And it, and it, the first time you watch, if you notice it, you would think, oh, they're like passers, like, oh, when you see an, a car accident, you have to pull over and kind of watch or whatever. Right. But the knowing that the creepiness is they're making sure everything is going the way that they planned. Right. Oh cool. God, the they dumb are cops back aren't there. Oh, it's yeah. so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great, though. It's so good. I think um, it's, and I think it's because they're just kind of like, in the background, like bystanders, and then mm-hmm. it's juxtaposed with the very obvious Timothy Dalton, <laughs> like cruising through in his car with his like creepy ass smile. Oh and yeah, and a song that is way too relevant, <laughs> even yeah. more on the nose than Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits. Yes, 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 absolutely. Oh, it's so good, though. I love him just like flipping through his record collection and then like picking the one <laughs> that he's going to use today this. for Nicholas Angel. Yeah, <laughs> I love him in this movie so much. We didn't start the fire, perhaps. <laughs> he, uh, he, that would have been that'd be amazing. Can someone re-edit this and just put that in? We that make that song the I song would, that plays as he passes by. I would love it if that's the song that they wanted to use and they couldn't get like they couldn't pay for the rights to use it. Oh man, like it was too amazing. expensive, so they had to go with something else. And that and that something else is "Fire" by Arthur Brown, mm-hmm. uh, released in June of 1968 <laughs> in the UK. Uh, it reached uh, number one in the United Kingdom of August of 1968. Mm-hmm. Wow, nice June of 1968. It is definitely uh, just a just a uh, really just like a, the pinnacle of psychedelic rock mm-hmm. during live performances and <laughs> uh, uh, and in the black and white television clip, Arthur Brown would perform the song with a burning helmet on top of his head. Whoa, Ooh. it ha- it has a Doors quality to it, you know. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The doors love fire. That's also true. That's also <laughs> true. Fire. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The doors were actually very juvenile and stupid. They just, <laughs> they just sounded really cool. I mean, that's probably true. I, um, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's a good song and it's, uh, it's Think a about good... when you loved the doors the most. You were, you were kind of at your most stupid. Yeah, probably. Mm. Um, I love, I say that lovingly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that that's uh, I I never really loved the doors. Okay. So yeah, I was just saying like I don't say that lovingly. <laughs> yeah, no, I never never really liked the doors. They always felt like pretentious to me. Um, There's but, a great Doors song in the world's end, though. That's true. One of their least pretentious songs. That's why it's good. <laughs> uh, it's like. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, so yeah, so we get uh, we get Skinner's drive by uh, <laughs> once again, 
no reason for him to be driving through a crime scene, but here he is. No. Uh, and we also get the return of Tim Messenger. Hi, hi. Um, asking inappropriate <laughs> questions, like, what is your perfect Sunday? It's kind of the perfect cap to the shit show. Yes. Yeah. Is like, yes. like he... Yeah, because like Nicholas Angel is like, hey, sorry, like we can't, we can't talk about. It. Oh no, no, I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm here to ask you a stupid inane question. <laughs> yeah, inches away from a, a charred body. Yeah, I came all the way out here because I meant I was going to interview at this you at the station, but then they said you were here, so I just came so I here. Just came here. <laughs> I'm not here for the news story. I'm here to know what your perfect Sunday is. Uh, and then Tony Fisher is gl- will, will gladly speak to the press. About his perfect Sunday. About his, About perfect, his Sunday. perfect Sunday. Which I think would have been hilarious if he described an ice cream Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just oh man, that <laughs> would have been great. Sunday. Well, I really like vanilla as a base, and I know people think that's boring, but it's all mm. about the toppings with a Sunday. It's a blank canvas, <laughs> vanilla. And you get. can't go wrong with bananas. No. On a Sunday. Some good hot fudge. It's got to be hot, yeah. though, so it doesn't get too thick and gross. <laughs> I oh, like man. peanuts, even though a lot of people are allergic to them now. <laughs> I love how we get uh, Danny and Nick taking off their hats, followed by the Andes taking off their sunglasses mm-hmm. in succession. Very cool. <laughs> Very good. Yes. Very good. As they're walking over, uh, we can hear um, someone over the radio say, it's like something out of Backdraft. Yes. Uh, And uh, I do believe, I do believe that is our desk sergeant. Oh, okay, cool. Yes. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, I believe that's who that, whose voice that is. The nice one. Yes, probably the nice one. Yeah. He just sounds, because he sounds kind of earnest. He's trying to describe it. Right. The other one would have been like, I don't know. It's like something out of backdraft. Fuck it. Leave me alone. That's how good Bill Bailey is. You could probably yeah. tell which one it is. Yeah. Just from the voice. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's it's the nice one. Um, but yeah, that's definitely <laughs> Bill Bailey's voice saying it's like something out of backdraft. Uh, another movie I've never seen. Never seen backdraft. I've never seen backdraft. Yeah. I've seen backdraft. How it is was, backdraft? It was, it was heavy rotation on HBO when I was a kid for some reason. Oh. Or like, I how think over it? the summer month. Uh I, you know, I thought it was really cool when I was 13. Yeah. Don't know if it, if or how it holds up. I've heard there's like, wasn't there a very cool like stunt show involving backdraft or like a ride? Yeah, there was, there was a, there was an attraction. Yeah, Yeah, Universal. Universal Universal Hollywood, I think. Um, Yeah, there was like a, you like watch this room get Set on fire. Not like f- that's that's it. That's because they did the same thing with Twister. Twister write it out, which is just like watch this town get eviscerated by a twister. Does Philip Seymour Hoffman like drive past like come on? No, oh, no, no, because it's on a screen. It was like an actual uh, physical, okay. like phys- cool. physical tornado in a room. That's fun. Yeah. Um, but there did a cow did go by. Or the twister one. Gotta make sure. Uh, movies about firefighters. Cow. That's true. Yeah. There was yeah, ladder forty nine. La- yeah, ladder forty nine. There was. Uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Of course. Yep. Ah, uh, yes. uh, there was <laughs> classic fireman movie. <laughs> there was. Um, man, I don't know. I think we just named all three. Backdraft, ladder forty nine, <laughs> and now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. There's, yeah. There's, there's got to be more. 
There's firemen in that yes. 9-11 movie, the World Trade Center movie. Mm-hmm, about fire. With, with yeah. Nicolas Cage. And Michael Pena. Right, Michael Pena, yes. I love it was about firemen, but it wasn't really about being a fireman. Mm-hmm. Listeners, let us know if we're missing out on any uh, firefighting movies. Yeah. I feel like there was a Christian one. Fireproof. Fireproof. That's about, it. About saving your marriage. That's it. Fireproof. What? That's the one. Uh, listeners, did you have to watch Fireproof with your church group back in the early mid 2000s? Was Ladder 49 the one that took place in Boston? Wasn't there one in I, Boston? I never saw Ladder 49. Okay. I, think ladder, I, I, I feel like I there always was... get Ladder 49 and Rescue Me mixed up. Oh. Oh, yeah, there was Rescue yeah, Me, the that show. Was a show yeah. That was a show. But that, was, but... that was a show. But I, I yeah. feel like. Um, I was. Was Dennis that was back Weary when TNT involved? really knew drama. Hmm? Rescue Me was FX. FX. Okay. Yeah, that was, was FX. FX's tagline. Characters welcome. I don't USA. remember. No, that's uh, that was TV. Uh, yeah, that was USA. Because yeah. Burn Notice was on USA. No. And I, don't I remember, remember that being one was. of the characters welcome once. It was FX. At least you're not watching Fox. What a weird era of television <laughs> that was. Yeah. Like, uh, the cleaner. Well, it was when it was in that era, like post. Sopranos when cable shows were like just like cable networks were like maybe we should make our own original programming and like make it like really good it was like The Shield was like the first one where people were like oh wait and then it was like Saving and that was FX too wasn't it yeah you're right that was FX yeah Nip Tuck yeah Nip Tuck that was another Mm -hmm. one it was like it was like uh, cable like cable trying to be premium cable for the first Mm -hmm. time ever and there was like some hits and misses in there yeah for sure um, but Rescue Me was on for like seven seasons yeah. or something like that. It was on for a long time. I heard Dennis Leary was really good in that. Yeah, I remember that. Captain Stacy. Captain Stacy. What do I look like? The mayor of Tokyo? <laughs> oh, boy. Just stuff I remember. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and then we get, we get like you said, uh, the hat removal and the sunglasses removal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's good. It's really good. These four like could be a such lot. a good team if they wanted to. They will be. Mm-hmm. They will be. <laughs> One day. Foreshadowing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you do you uh, do you reckon foul play? But this murder. Is just is just uh, <laughs> just just a setup, so they can they can just rip on them. It looks straight up like the desolation of Smaug. When they, when they, when <laughs> really that's does. what you, that's what that's what Smaug was going for. We can <laughs> also see now how close George Merchant's house was to the the village proper because yeah. you can see the church in the background. Yeah, you can yeah. kind of you can you can see in in their mind why the mansion was such an eyesore. Right. Yeah. Right. Wonder what's going to go here now. What are they going to What are they going to put in there? The green. Yeah. <laughs> Rebuild the forest. Yeah, I don't I don't know what they're going to I don't know what they're going to put there. Like because the thing shire. is is like the village the yeah, the, yeah. cuz like the NWA don't aren't going to get to do anything with this mm-hmm. cuz they're they're all going to jail. But Everybody's going to jail. <laughs> but well, but, what was uh, you have to wonder what their plan was for it, assuming they weren't going to jail? Because I'm sure, they yeah, did they just I, want the view to. back. Like, I, they... I am curious what they were going to do with it, but I'm also curious what the town ends up doing with this with this plot of land. Additional grocery afterward. store. Maybe that's what Skinner wanted. Maybe he wanted a bigger grocery store. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they put a, a Best Buy so Danny can buy DVDs. A Best Buy. A Best Buy. <laughs> a Circuit City. <laughs> 
are those are those in the UK? I don't know. Oh, I don't. I don't know what listeners. Let us know where where did you, where where'd you go to get TVs and DVDs and stuff for, in two thousand fries? Maybe fries. Fries feels feels like non-American. Possibly ba- Babbage's was like the Pacific TV. Northwest. Yeah, I don't know. Let yeah, us is it is it, there? There's got to be like chain DVD course, electronic yeah. stuff, right out there. Yeah. yeah. So what is it out there? Everybody, let us know. Fouries Electric. Fouries. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah. Anybody uh, have any ideas as to like what this could have ended up being? Um, let us know. Maybe they, maybe they say later in the movie and we just miss it. Oh yeah. Like, like in, the, in the part where they're just telling Nicholas everything. Yeah. Maybe Christie. Yeah. Maybe Monologuing. they say what they were going to turn it into. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll find out, but, uh, anyway, uh, I think that's, I think that does it for minute 54. Uh, guys, our tea public store. Yeah. Duelinggenre.com slash merch. Yes. Ooh. We've got great uh, art, designs. And uh, yeah, anytime you feel like doing any shopping, uh, getting cool prints or coffee mugs or stuff of Geek by Night or Back to the Future Minute or Battle Angel Alita or whatever. Or the show you're listening to the now. The show you're listening to right now, The Cornetto Minute. Both seasons have their own art that you can get stuff for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's duelinggenre.com slash merch. Go there. Uh, get anything in our store or anywhere else at Tee Public, and we will get a, a cut of that purchase. And uh, it helps us out, helps us keep the lights on, help us pay the bills, that sort of thing. Uh, so that's duelinggenre.com/slash/merch, and we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week with minute fifty-five for the greater good. The greater good. Fire to destroy all you've done.